Are, are we live? Yeah, we are. We're always live, man. Excellent. Well, you know, we need to get some like graphics designs, but I think I'm going to kick us off with our first song. Like, so it's like cool when we open up. You ready? Yeah, please. Sorry, I only let that go for 17 seconds. <laughs> I assume I assume you want to start uh, match day three with really the only place to start, which is the two Yanks Derby Act One, as I'm calling it so far. Uh, Manchester United nil, Tottenham Hotspurs three. Um, I've prepared a brief overview and then want to kick it to you. Oh, I, so so here so if if I may, if I may, if I may, if I may, so well yes, and so United came into the game. I think you know certainly publicly reeling after a, a shock loss to Brighton, and Spurs had lost more league games at Old Trafford, twenty one, than any other club has lost at any away venue in Premier League history. So clearly something had to give. And and to your point, the opening half, I thought presented a, a pretty entertaining goalless 45 minutes with you know United having maybe the slightly better chances, mostly that Lukaku horrific yeah, miss. That's you, that and miss. I thought Spurs had a really close penalty decision that got ignored by the referee, but I could have easily seen that uh, being given. Um, the second half, however, it took just five minutes for Harry Babe Ruth Kane to open the scoring with, I thought, frankly, a wonderful header off of your boy, Kieran, uh, Kieran Trippier's corner. And then he takes every free kicking corner right. for the rest of our lives. And that's sad. I feel bad for Erickson because he's probably top five, top eight in the world at it. But, you know, top three came in. Sorry, and and you know, two minutes later, I thought the the man of the match, Lucas Mora, uh, he made it two nil, and Jose's tactical gamble to start the game with the midfielder at center back completely backfired, uh, and from there, United I thought pretty tamely pushed forward and exposed themselves while creating a couple half chances here and there, and and Mora again. Uh, late on, proved the quickest and the sharpest of them all, and secured the points with an excellent finish and and ended the game. So, Jeff, Ledley King to you. Uh, I'm curious who on Spurs and you know and and really what stood out to you in the in the victory. Well, uh, I'm going to kick off ballers and bums of the week and drop nice and early. This, this nice and early. Well, it's, it's not predictable. If it, one day when we have listeners, they're going to listen and they know what I would think about this. If they were that interested to go and learn about week three and the 2018-19 season, you know, there, there would have to be pretext. But yeah. Uh, so Baller of the Week, Mora, of course, like everyone complained that we didn't sign anyone in the offseason. Well, hey, we're not that rich, so who could we sign that would actually start in our club? And we kind of did. Because he's developed. Awesome. Bum of the week is an unnamed source, whoever is the decision maker for Man U. 
Hmm. You know, and Jose complains you didn't spend enough money, then people complain you need to fire your GM or, or whoever. But whoever didn't pull the trigger on Outer Wild, Martial, because this game... Outer Wild, your favorite name to pronounce in the entire Premier League. Yeah, and I'm probably mispronouncing <laughs> it, and it doesn't matter, because I can do that. You know, we're, we're, It's America, we're the best. We, we don't need to know how to pronounce funny foreign names, probably. But Outer Wild, wild, mm-hmm. whatever, uh, regardless, whoever decided not to pull the trigger on Tottenham giving out a wild to Man U and Man U giving Martial to Tottenham and Tottenham also giving money on top of that in that trade made an outrageous blunder there because your you're, you're center backs were atrocious that game. Like that, that more goal is a joke. The second one, he just ran past and basically dribbled past cats. Uh, where Outer Wild was keeping boys in his pocket the whole game. And Martial, is that how I pronounce it? Martial? Yeah, yeah, Martial, yeah. Okay, yeah, good, good job. I, I give myself like, you're, like you're, an A-minus. You're half French. Plus. Yeah. 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 Um, he would miss all the field because Mora is so good. He'll be better than Mora in his prime whenever he hits his peak, but you know, wouldn't have been today. So that's my ballers and bumps. Love it. Yeah. Um, Don't love yeah, it actually, uh, but I mean, I, I appreciate that that call. So, what do you think of Kane's goal? Oh, I thought it was brilliant. Just finding the space, like that header where you're kind of like falling back, just knowing the perfect place to uh, to put it in the net. But you know, that's that's expected. I mean, it's shocking to me that he's scoring because it's his second one and it's August. You know, but also Spurs don't win three in a row in August. That you know the Leicester year—that's what held them back from, from winning the league. So, not saying we're going to win the league now. I'm sticking to Liverpool. But it was a—it was a glorious game. Um, and I'll, I'll tell you, you know, and I, I, I harp on this all the time. Mm-hmm. But what's wrong with Mourinho? So you know he talks smack about his players, this and that. You know, I, I feel like it's affected Pogba. Like, Pogba was a different guy in the World Cup than, than he is now. Um, Friday, this is a Monday game, Friday, our captain and goalkeeper gets gets a DUI. Yep. And, you know, he should be... He should lose his captainship to Kane. He should start Monday, this and that. And Poach says, you know, that's my guy. I have his back. But at the end of the game, so Poach waits in the line and all the players come and he gives him a little hug. He embraced that guy. Like I could tell, they went through some through some things, some things he didn't share with the media, that he didn't, you know, go go talk to all of us about. But they went through some things. He worked it out. He showed him he has his back, and that is how you manage twenty something year old millionaires in twenty eighteen. You know, not saying he's you know, he's older. He's he's the captain, but it, it shows he's lost the team and he's keeping Zidane's seat warm. Did you, I mean, because I think the criticisms on Jose, um, there's, what I'm trying to say is that there are clearly criticisms to be made on Jose. I think the personnel um, aspect of it is, you know, two of the center backs, you know, it's been well reported, you know, he's he's spent $60 million on center backs between Bailly and Lindelof. Bailly wasn't even in the 18. Lindelof came on and was out of favor over Ander Herrera, who, like I said, is a midfielder. And when he did come on, was 
I think the worst player on the pitch. Um, and so, and, and the, the effect that he played at, at three with three in the back, like, again, lots of criticisms to be made, but did you think, you know, when you, you know, looked at the, the full 90, um, that United didn't put, did United look like a team that were not, were had given up on their manager? Well, I've thought that since, you know, last few months of last year. So, yeah, but, and I'm sorry, I'm going to reiterate, like the, biggest point where I know they have given up on their manager was your loss the week before that and Paul Pogba had normal looking hair and was trying to talk like Tom Brady like that's when I know that that's not that guy's personality he's sick of getting beat up by this douchebag and I, I don't know I, I think you know it's funny I made fun of I sent you a text message that ESPN put a clickbait article oh yeah 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 this is the the biggest match in Mourinho's career. And I'm like, that's a joke. This guy's played for a Champions League final at, at Porta. Like, it doesn't get bigger than that. Right. And then you win it. But if you look at maybe the totality of his career, like, that might have been the end. But I don't think he'll manage a club as big as Manchester United ever again. I don't think he he ain't got the juice no more. So wherever he goes, that old school mentality of oh if i put guys down and this and that they'll work really hard to get in my favor you know these guys got eight million people on instagram that love everything they do it's just a different world that we live in now and i don't think he gets it you know the being the manager of a football club is almost like middle management you know we'd like to say ceo but it's it's managing egos and people and he's he's not tuned to that so do you think that Poach was wearing the all black as a funeral for Jose? <laughs> I don't know. Poach, was, Poach was so respectful. <laughs> it was like, you, you know, I'm obsessed with Howard Stern. When Howard first got the Philadelphia market where you live, I yeah. forget who was the guy. It was like the grease man or whatever. But 10 days into getting in that market, Howard had his fans come out and they had a big casket. Just try to put something. You're burying the guy. <laughs> no, I don't think it was intentionally. Uh, he did opposite mind games of, of Poach, where before he's like was saying how any young manager, that's the guy you look up yeah, to. Yeah. I don't have the quotes in front of me, but he was like super yeah. respectful. But then he went out and was like, "Let's be ruthless. Like we don't need to get two goals. Like let's, you know, give them nothing but take from them everything." So, well, I, I think that sounds good, though. I, I did think there were quite a few mistakes. Uh, you know, obviously the Danny Rose moment I alluded to in the first half was pretty atrocious. The Lindelof back pass. I mean, these are like schoolboy shit, as they would say, uh, mm-hmm. across the pond. And, you know, I just thought it was an example of, of incredibly uh, clinical play on Spurs' part to take advantage of, of the mistakes that United made. Um, I hate a back three. I just, it's just not for me. I thought, you know, Luke Shaw had, you know, one of his best games in a United shirt. And that was like my one piece of encouragement. Um, but one, one last question, uh, at least on my end was, I'm curious if there is any player on United um, you know, one, one of the kind of unmeasurable metrics that I, I look for in an opposition player is, you know, how afraid am I when they receive the ball and, you know, are looking to make things happen. So like Erickson for me is, 
he's like yeah. a nine. You know, he's just freaking terrifying. And he he picked out like a couple passes and, and obviously picked out the pass for the second goal. Um but uh, is there anyone that, you know, when United had the ball and, and we're mo- going forward that you were like, oh, shit, oh, shit, like what's going to happen? Or is that lacking for, for us right now? It should be Pogba. I do believe in my heart of hearts, Pogba is one of the six or seven best players in the world. And he's, you know, he's not getting to show that. Mm-hmm. right? Now. So, I mean, when I watched the World Cup, like, wow, he's the leader of that team. He's not the captain, but he's the leader. Uh, he's great at finding space. And, you know. So it should be. I get afraid. So if that's what you're asking. Yeah, yeah. Pogba had the ball, I got afraid, and then I remembered, oh, he's he's a broken man. So I'm, I'm not afraid anymore. So Yeah, I didn't think he played particularly well. Um, no, no, but, but you yeah. asked me, like, who yeah, am I yeah, afraid? Yeah, no. I hear you. That, that would be him, fair. but then it's like, and he will be like, either you're going to get another manager or he's going to go play somewhere else and he's going to be Paul fucking Pogba and it's going to be awesome. So just not, not today. Yeah. Um, any, uh, any last words on, on the match? Obviously huge win for Spurs, not trying to at all not congratulate the performance. I thought they, they clearly deserved it. Um, and you know, I, there's been a lot made, I know in lead up, you know, about Spurs's record away from home against the top six. I, I always think that sort of shit is, is a little bit overblown, but did this feel like a, a big win or was it more just like, okay, we've done it. We've gotten a good result and you know, it's what we need to do early in the season so that we don't have like a, you know, we don't have to make up so much ground later on. Um, because we're Spursy, it's hard to feel that way as a fan supports. Imagine if you replaced two London teams, what if Chelsea just did that? What would the media say? What would people say? Sorry, ball. Oh, my God. It's taken over London. What <laughs> if he were managing Barcelona? They'd have 99% possession and win every game. It's it's This is the revolution. But us, no. We're Spursy. So I'm not going to get excited. You know, that's – yes, and that's what those guys should do, dude. Keep your head down. You know, win a trophy. Mm-hmm. Other than the International Champions Cup or whatever it was in America, we won. We did get a trophy. We're one for one in trophies this year. So yeah, you're you're still that, you're still on tap for like the quintuple or whatever. Absolutely, <laughs> but uh, no, nah, not uh, not not going to get excited until uh, until we break through. So, so you guys have you guys have Watford away. You're away to Watford next weekend, which pretty difficult result i think watford's in like fifth uh obviously early days but that that's an interesting tie that i'll I'll be tuning into for sure and and united have burnley also away um where you know i think to your point i I mean anything but a win against lowly burnley uh yeah it's uh definitely a panic season so if you lose to burnley He is sacked in the morning, right? That's a Ron Zook moment. Like, I'm a Florida Gator fan. Right, right. I know. I we lost reference. to Mississippi State one year. He was sacked in the morning. You just you're the Florida Gators. You do not lose to Mississippi State. If you lose three in a row, and and and, and I'll give Bernie. They're playing in Europe. I don't sure. know how long they will be. But right. They, but this they lost to Fulham four two. That you don't lose to Burnley. No, I, I, that would be 
very, very, very interesting to see what they did. Because uh, I, I don't think United, despite the results the last two weeks and, and all the negativity, is is it all inclined at this point to, to, to move on from the manager? I mean, I'm certainly not uh, inclined to move midway through the season. There's no one like... You know, the Zidane talk like doesn't intrigue me. So there, there's no one I'm like, oh, we have to make a move so we can get this guy. Um, that that seems like something you 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 see it. You see how it goes. Um, certainly never not this early. And, and you, you try to if it doesn't work out, uh, find that right manager in the offseason. But, but I will say like there's a different feeling if you hire and fire people. Right. Because you just learn like when you when you hire and fire people. Once someone's not a good fit, they're not going to work out. You know it. It's just a gut thing. But you, you think of all the, the reasonable, the rational reasons why you won't. Okay, they've had this much time on it. They gotta, they gotta know this. But that was a mistake. Anyone could have made it. And, and you're rational. But when you have that gut feeling that it's not going to work out, this isn't the person. It's typically best if you if you pull the trigger. I, I think so that's like, fair. I mean, I would just say that United fans, you know, and I'm on the message boards and and I think I have a decent sense of the polls aren't there yet. Uh, and, and, and they are still backing the manager. So I agree if that changes well, and that is, gut what feeling, if, what if said he'd take the job tomorrow? I, you either, it doesn't do much for me, frankly. I mean, he's, I know he's had a great success with Madrid, but I, I just think it's, a, it's a completely different situation and not one that a, I don't think he would do it because he knows that. And B, I mean, we need someone with like a, a lot more tactical nous uh, to write this ship. And you know, yes, he's he's proven to be a good man manager, but I think the the United is at a point where they need a lot more than that. Well, I mean, I, and I, you know, I was listening to a Malcolm Gladwell podcast. Mm-hmm. I listened to them all. Yeah. Yeah. Well, did you hear the one where he was talking about uh, Real Madrid, where he was comparing it to companies? But everyone focuses on getting the top performers. So, like, you go spend the money and you get the Neymar. So he was bringing up PSG compared mm-hmm. to Real Madrid. Mm-hmm. PSG spends all this money to get one or two top guys. Real Madrid makes their eighth and like tenth best players better. And yeah, I mean, yeah, that yeah. Seems like strategy, like that. You just instead of focusing on the top things, just work the middle and the bottom, and. Well, the that stems from the the soccer nomics or whatever you know the the soccer version of freakonomics that basically mm-hmm. had yeah that's what they know, said, yeah. yeah came to the conclusion that in soccer it's all about you know limiting mistakes and like raising the you know basically raising the tide of your whole team so that the lowest common denominator is better uh, and therefore mistakes are lessened you know I I think there's probably something to that I think it's why you know teams like United like City now, like Chelsea, are consistently quite good in, in the history of the Premier League because they have the biggest wage bills, and so therefore their players are genuinely of higher quality from top to bottom, and they're deeper. But, you know, I and obviously that applies to Madrid as well, but I, I honestly, like, and not to poo-poo your point, I just I just think it's it's about the wage structure as much as anything. Because that equates to that top-to-bottom quality. But don't you have top three wage structure in the world? United? Yeah. Yeah, obviously. Or at least, you know, right up there. So, 
I mean, and if that's just the case, like, has Zidane not proved he can manage? I would. I I know. I think that. I think. I take your point. The wage structure isn't everything, but what I would, you know, what and what does matter is the actual quality of the players. What I would then point to is that you have to have the right GM. You have to right have the right player recruitment policies in place to ensure that you're putting your money to good use. And obviously, you also have to have the coaching and the structure to, you know, ensure that your players can live up to their potential. The latter two are clearly lacking at United right now. So, you know, it's not, it's not allowing them, despite their wage structure, to, to succeed consistently. You know, team finished second last year. Well, you know, we're going to disagree on this one, but I'll tell you why I'm right in this argument. Because I won three sales rep of the month awards at transfers. Three. Well... You know that Three. is appropriate, and it's it's. A, I know it's a Look big. Look at everyone else in the podcast and <laughs> combine them all together, and I have three. Three, words. just like your boys, you know, put up against uh, my boys. Three zip, pretty devastating. What wasn't so great for you uh, this week was the prediction field, where you know your boy here uh had a had a quite a banger right out of the gate of our new uh prediction segment so oh, yeah, yes and, and i was oh but, but just going back you you saw the jose press conference right that yeah, was yeah, a joke yeah. i was trying to make for you like that doesn't make you better today just like it doesn't make my prediction better so <laughs> i was wrong and i think i made my first bull or my, my bull prediction last week because i wanted it to happen you know i used yeah. my, my heart more than my head but, but you could have argued was, i did the same thing you were ballerific. So, if I may, the Go so Wolves. the prediction was that I thought that City would drop their first points of the season, which they obviously did, and I think the logic was sound. I mean, could City have been getting sweated any more than they were going into week three against a pretty tough, newly promoted side that you knew would be fucking so up for it, and their fans would just be going berserk with the champions? Oh, exactly. Exactly. And... And so I think, you know, yes, they got lucky. You're going to need to get lucky when you're playing City, I think, at this point, especially if you're, a you know, uh, a newly promoted team or, or practically any team for that matter. Um, but awesome result for them. I thought they, did it. they didn't just sit back. They, they were, you know, aggressive. They got a couple of breaks. City didn't take all the chances that they had, clearly. Uh, and And... You know, I hope that it's a, a sign that, like, you know, that there will be blips from City, that there's going to be a title race, um, and and that you know this kind of buoys the rest of the competition to like really push on and push City uh, week in and week out. Well, I I agree, and I got to say, like, I felt as a Tottenham fan, I got super excited. Not mm-hmm. that I still think it's a Liverpool City race, but you know. You were right. You were the Nostradamus of predictions <laughs> for last week because I, I would have never picked. I wouldn't have bet my next paycheck to ten that that would happen. So go you. Like that, that was an awesome pick. Um, and you know, Liverpool. You know they they won, but you know I, I would hope that they would brighten up. Down down the road, that was a that was not a, well, an easy win. You know, Mo no, totally. And I thought it was worth praising Liverpool again for, you know, getting the job done at a time when they, this is the sort of the game they didn't 
they would have drawn, you know, last year and, and Salah took his goal well for sure. But, you know, unlike where I thought everything was pointing to the possibility of City dropping points at, at Wolverhampton, I thought this was everything of like Liverpool putting down another like 4-0 drubbing on Brighton where Brighton is coming off of this like you would think euphoric home win over United, pretty historic um, in its own right. You know, just going to be like riding high, like resting on their laurels. And they put in a pretty good performance. And, and Liverpool, I think, you know, the scoreline was, was slightly uh, disingenuous to how good Liverpool was at times. Um, but again, like just a credit to the kind of structure they're building there uh, in that they didn't have their best performance again and they still won. Yeah, no, uh, that's. True. I mean, I think they're you know, a, a phenomenal club. Brighton, I think we're not giving them enough credit, though. Brighton reminds me of a mid-2000 Fulham. Hmm. And they went to the final of the Europa League. Right. Okay. They, yeah, they just, I, I'm not saying they're that advanced, but I think they're definitely a mid-table club, and we act like they're going to be in the border of, of relegation. Yeah, well, if if you're if you're observing that, I'll, I'll I'll start paying a little more attention. I I think they definitely have some some nice things going for them, but I wouldn't say they've they've blown my socks off yet. Well, you know, full full disclosure here, my neighbor Jonathan is from Brighton. Oh, that's right. Yeah, and and he's a Chelsea fan because he's a fucking sellout. Yes. I told him you should always back your club. Me, I'm ride or die. So if I were from Brighton, that wouldn't have mattered if we were in the championship. Go, but you know, I get it. You know, he wants to watch his team play on TV, blah blah blah. Um, but you know, he's been telling me for a couple of years what's, what's going to happen with him. So, you know, Good this deal. is not being, me being the most like educated football podcaster. No, let's go for it. Let's freaking go, bold. This is like we're going to just take this clip, we're going to put it on social media, we're going to blast it via paid, and people are going to be like, holy shit, that Jeff guy was all over this back, you know, on on August 28th. In Brighton, too, so like they'll feel they have an American... We have on their... Yeah, we have them on... We're on their side. We're we're, we're definitely definitely Team Brighton here on the Two Yanks pod. Well, you would be, because I will tell you why you were Team Brighton, so... Brighton is the gay capital of England. They love it, rainbow flags and stuff. So <laughs> when the gay marriages happened, I remember you did the Facebook thing where you had the, the rainbow flag because you were, like, so happy. And yeah, I love the gays, but I also love the straights, blacks, whatever. So I, I didn't do the flag thing, but I'm, you know, I'm, I'm like a libertarian. So like, mm, mm. I love all humans. You have whatever. a long memory because that was years ago. Well, I, uh, you know, I, 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 I pay many close attentions to, no to my best kidding. friends. No Graham, kidding. You, you. Yeah, or no, I, I do have a weird like photographic memory, so just things I remember. Oh, I remember that day six years ago. But regardless, the point is you should root for Brighton because mm-hmm. Brighton let a gaze, you let a gaze. Uh, yep. Uh, the opposing team do anti-gay chants and that shit ain't right. Stop. Stop redneck Englanders. It's mostly up north. No offense. It's mostly your peeps oh, yeah. in the northern part of the country. That that's what my neighbor told me. He's like, "We it's pretty good down south. You know, you, you don't you don't get that a lot mm. in like mm. Southampton games. But when you go up north, get yeah, ready for get it. They'll get you. They'll get you. And it's gotta stop. Those stop new... hate FIFA. They did a whole campaign. Indeed, stop. indeed. Well, 
speaking of the the team that your your neighbor uh you know abandoned his team for like a fucking ex-wife or something uh chelsea to newcastle one uh we'll just touch on this quickly because i don't think there's there's that much to say um but you know hazard's back in the starting 11 thought was a total difference maker uh, the one kind of key American talking point that I wanted to bring up was Yedlin, um, obviously being involved in the goal, which is great. Also, I thought he was potentially going to be uh, retroactively suspended for the, the coming together slash elbow to Giroud's face. Uh, but I saw today that there was no ban that was going to take place. So that was good news. Uh, and I thought that also that the criticism he received on the own goal was, was you know, very overblown. Yeah, he, he was in the wrong place, wrong time. Yeah, I also, I also and wanted I, to. I, I oh, go, go, yeah. I watched that game because yeah. I was with the neighbor we were speaking of before mm-hmm. that. So, like, yeah, with his, I went his new wife, his new big tittied wife. I don't know about that. His his wife is is, is quite skinny. No, Chelsea. Um, Chelsea is his new big tittied wife after leaving oh, Brighton. Yes. Oh yes, good, <laughs> good point. Oh, speaking of that, so this is a great one. Everyone should go look for this meme. It's um. It's Kevin from the office mm-hmm. with a wife of similar qualities that, that you just said, and she's holding on to his watch. So the meme says, I'm not saying she's a gold digger, but she's literally holding Kevin from the office's Rolex. <laughs> so go, go look that up. Okay. okay. Um, I, no, I watched that game, so I only watched two games. I, I watched Match of the Day this mm-hmm. week, but I only watched two games in their entirety, and it was uh, – us demolishing Man U and in this game because I watched it with my neighbor. And I I was impressed by Sorry Ball. I mean, they had a ton of possession. Mm-hmm. That's one where in the first half they could have had four goals. Mm-hmm. It, it didn't work out the way it should. Hazard, you know, and I, I have watched several Chelsea games over the year, but uh, he, he's a dangerous guy and he was getting hacked. Like it reminded me of Neymar, where just all the other guys yep. could do is just kick him in the leg mm-hmm. and not get called for it. I felt bad for him. Like I wanted, I hate Chelsea, and you know London is Lily White, but I found myself rooting for someone just to throw a yellow card out there. Like just, you, he's a you crazy player, man. He's a crazy player. He's sick when he's like when he's on it. He's sick. Yeah. Um. So I, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't have a, a big recap for other than Chelsea. You know, we said last week, Champions League. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I think your boys are Europa. Like, I, I think they're better than Man U unless hmm. you change management or do something. So okay, okay. We, we know we're both top two, Spurs three. And I, I put Chelsea up. I did bump them up to a, so, a clear fourth. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think I think one of the things that I have I have a few new segments to 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 pitch to you uh, to oh, you today. Well, let's do it live. Yeah. Let's get it live. Yeah. No, we're gonna do it live. So the first uh, a couple actually are are tied to this game specifically, just sort of okay. coincidentally. So one is that uh, one is this idea of a stat of the week because I I heard some shit that kind of blew my mind, um, and one of them was was around this this Chelsea match and and their new signing Jorginho who completed more passes by himself than Newcastle did as an entire team, uh, which I thought eh, that that's noteworthy um, and, and, a, and a definite contender 
uh, for you know my stat of the week. Um, it was the second most in Premier League history. A lot going for it, but I don't know if you heard this on the the United Spurs game. It was after Spurs had had you know gone up two nil, maybe like you know fifteen twenty minutes had gone by, so it was later in the in the match, and the announcer said that. United have never lost 2-0, like that specific scoreline, at home in the Premier League era. Did you catch that? I didn't. I, I did catch it. Isn't that it. crazy? I did catch it 3-0 at home. Oh, it was Mourinho's worst loss ever. Yes. I did see that. I, did, I actually was kind of surprised by that just because I figured when he was at Madrid, like he caught some drubbings from Barca, but it must have just been at the new Camp or something. Um, but yeah, no, obviously that, you know, he used to have Chelsea's, you know, Stanford Bridge was a fortress under, under Mourinho and, and, you know, United had a good record there in the second season last year. Not so great in the first, but yeah, I was kind of in between those two. So wanted to test that. How do you like it? How does it feel? A little sad of the week, little, little, little knowledge. Uh, I know. I, I like it. You know, it caught me off guard. So my stat is simple. Uh, Oh, you Chelsea, didn't have, yeah, you didn't, not, not to, yeah, not to, 81% possession, mm-hmm. that's the most in any Premier League game ever. Holy shit, are you for real? Well, let me double check this, you know, I don't want to be a proprietor of fake no, no. news, but, no, but I heard it in that that's game, cool. I didn't watch the game live, so hold on. That, that would be a, that would be a definite contender for stat of the week. Hold on, let me, let me get my, working. Um, just to, to, you know, do some filler here. Uh, yeah, definitely didn't, you know, expect to put you on the spot there. But if uh, if it turns out that, that that is accurate and Chelsea set the record for most possession, I, that that wins it in my mind. That's that's noteworthy. Okay, um, so hold on. I got one from 2017. Um, hold on. Because I would have thought that was so, like a city. This is a Reddit, pro- city so I don't game. know. So hold on. Highest ever possession. Okay, City had 82.3. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would have guessed City would have had the record. Chelsea had 81. Mm-hmm. So it was the second highest yeah. possession in the history of the Premier League. Liverpool, uh, yeah, Liverpool had 80 in 2016. So I'm sorry, I wonder. I, I wonder. No, I wonder if uh, somebody calling that game. Yeah, maybe at a, a point in time in that game they had the highest, but mm-hmm. second highest possession in the history of the Premier League is still a great stat. It is, and I wonder now because you know I mentioned that Jorginho had the second most completed passes ever in Premier League history uh, to um, uh, Gundogan from City. I wonder if that City passing record was set in that City game that you're referencing, uh, where they set the possession record. That would make sense at least. Um, Possibly. What's so, the next next segment? Uh, well, I, I, before I get to my my final segment uh, pitch, I did want to just insert uh, my my baller and bum of the weeks. Please do. So uh, let's start with the good. We'll, we'll we'll start with the good news. Good news first, bad news second. Uh, my baller of the week is actually um, you know outside of I think the norm of this pod in that you know we we generally like to focus on the top six, but because. They're your guys' opponents next week because, you know, we're so early days in the season and we have Watford fourth right now and Bournemouth six. I thought the Minnows could get a quick shout out from me and 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 uh, I could profile a couple guys that have stood out. In, in, well, uh, I was introducing a new segment called Peasant Talk. 
Okay. Yes. Yes. I <laughs> you, love that. You, you, you speak of the peasants. Like, <laughs> My baller of the week is literally peasant talk 101. Yeah, I'm so hyped right now. Bread this week, and then we throw them a loaf. We'll mail it when we have a real podcast. I'll mail them a loaf of bread. Be like, good job. I am obsessed with the name Peasant Talk, so fucking great job by you. Yes. <laughs> but they could be your baller this week, but just know that in the future, when we have a real podcast, we will mail them a loaf of bread. Yep. Good bread from Publix, the bakery at Publix. <laughs> Shopping is a pleasure. I know you don't have that up north, many Publix, and people in the UK don't. But try a Publix. <laughs> It's so fresh. Oh like, my god! Never a loaf of bread I, I did not touch. see Publix coming when you said a quality loaf of bread, but I love it so much. Oh, it's, shopping is a pleasure. It's oh just my the, god! It's, it's the greatest grocery store. Oh my god! Wegmans can S my D like try Publix. Good, good. Well, I, I look forward to the day we can we can but ship the, that abroad. Yeah. So I I want to just quickly highlight Watford, who you know again earned fourth place. Their midfield duo who are kind of two guys, you know, I think people are familiar with in Roberto Pereira. And I've been practicing this guy's first name, Abdulia Decore. Uh, didn't nail that. But they've been, you know, immense for Watford this season. Decore, player of the season last year for Watford. Uh, Pereira showing kind of his promise that led, you know, Juventus to sign him four years ago with three goals in three games. And I think they're they're one to watch. I mean, I think it's a team that has they lost Marco Silva, you know, a manager who's, you know, obviously now at Everton and have just kind of kicked on. And I think it's pretty impressive. And that Watford midfield duo is my baller of the week. Well, that's a that's a good call Pereira got a goal. Uh, they, they look good. And then my bum of the week, I thought it was, I, I really thought long and hard because goodness knows in my yeah, so my she, dark, dark loneliness that, that kind of succumbed last night uh, after the United game. I, I, I honestly, there was obviously a lot of candidates. I, I kind of, I've already bashed Lingard. I thought, uh, you know, Jones was, was weak sauce. Um, I thought, you know, there, needless to say, there was a lot of lot of mistakes made, um, and you know, I thought it was too much of a shared blame. So, and you know, I, I blamed Jose last week, or he was my bum. So, I, I went in a different direction, and I, I want to just criticize uh, Everton's Rickarlison. Uh He is, you know, one of six players that are on three goals, so leading the league right now in in goal scoring, and he's looking every bit of the record signing that, you know, Everton made when, when they, when they signed him on and to kind of get himself involved in like that, honestly, I don't know how else to put it, but like the pussy shit, classic soccer heads meeting slash like one guy leans in and the other guy flops and just get drawn into that. It's just like so inexcusable because that squad, you know, it's two games now that they've of two of the three they've, gotten a red card um you know they frankly really should have nine points from from three grams and instead they're on five because they just have lacked so much discipline and this where carlison moment was just another example of that so he is my bum of the week well that was a a great explanation as to why you feel that way (laughs) but i think it's retarded that's like uh Mm. Mm. that's like the week after 9-11 me being 
mad at the Secretary of State of Italy. Like, no, because because he like because he like hired raised taxes. Like if, if you're gonna if you're gonna pick a bug, like somebody that dropped the ball in this past week, this week alone, you know there there were many other choices. So I I respect that call, but I do not commend it. Okay, well, good thing I don't do this for your commendation. Um, so with that said, I have one more uh, pitch to make on a segment. It's one that oh. I don't I don't think is particularly appropriate. Uh, this early in the season, but I think around week five, match day five, we can start to build this out. But I want to kind of, I, I like this idea of like a top five player power ranking. So this is like in the moment, healthy playing based on current form, like who are the top five most dangerous guys? It kind of goes back to my, you know, Erickson's like a nine out of 10 or whatever, that point oh, yeah. scale of who when they you know are on the ball or who is just so dangerous um and so i've i've i kind of have a, a working list you know i cheated but that would be so hard for me to think yeah of on the fly it's brutal like a, it's brutal so it, let me let me start the wheels turning so number five spot and this is why i say i cheated i i kind of had three guys i I'm just huge fans of, and I wanted to include all of them. And each of these players on this top five list are on teams that have won all three of their opening games. Okay. Um, so, Kieran Trippier, Benjamin Mendy, and Marcus Alonso, all fullbacks, all absolutely a joys for me to watch. I, I just think like each of them are unique in that they have incredible quality, so much ability going forward. And every time they're on the ball and putting in a, a cross, you know, you're, you're, you're holding your breath because yeah. it's it just, you know, it's going to be quality. You know, it's going to create havoc in the box. Uh, and I just find each of them exciting. And I'm sorry for not being able to just pick one, but they, they all, I think, have been, been awesome so far this season. We'll pick Trippier because he's English. So, so we'll, we'll, I think I did put Trippier first on my, uh, my, on my list. So we'll go with Trippier number five. Uh, number four, I have Sadio Mane. Uh, again, just like has literally just started guns blazing. And uh, not much else to say. Scores goals. He's so dangerous. What a yeah. signing. Uh, number three, uh, this was the one where I kind of leaned a little bit away from uh, the rules in that like he's playing regularly. But Eden Hazard, to me, had to be included. Uh, yes, he's he only played his first ninety or first start this this week, but he's just that good. Uh, number two, okay, yeah, he, he might be the second best player in the league. Maybe yeah, he's yeah, he's acceptable. Yeah, and then well, at number two, I, I put Sergio Aguero just from you know goal scoring perspective. He's been exactly what you'd expect, leading you know City, and then I have. Um, Oh, actually, no. I'm you know I'm picking these city players. I, I thought they won all their games, but they haven't. I and I so I, I screw that up. But yeah, the uh, but yeah, Aguero two, and then uh, I have Mo Salah right now as number one. Well, you know we need little radio things because I'm trying to find just a little five second clip of Rodney Dangerfield where he goes, "No respect <laughs> to who." You're forgetting the gold boot winner. 
I knew uh, you. Well, I knew uh, you. I knew you'd, I knew you'd bring up Harry Kane, but he's not been great. He, the I. I mean, I watched the game yesterday. He didn't scare me at all. He didn't scare me at all. He had one. He was great on set pieces, he, just like he was at the World Cup. He's great on set pieces. He doesn't scare me when he's just on the ball in open play. Uh, well, he's won two of the three. I know. I just. I'm just telling you how I feel. He doesn't perform against United normally. And this well, was the first time he scored maybe he against them. he has to them. wait until a certain time to score his goal. Maybe people back in Sodom and Gomorrah weren't afraid of God, and then he blew their shit up, <laughs> killed them, and they are. Like, sometimes you wait a certain amount of time before you do something, but you still wreck people. But that's what Harry Kane did to you. Yeah, so, and, and look, I'm you're, sure you're there were teams that Babe Ruth didn't, you know, he didn't perform well against, but he's still are, Babe are you, Ruth. Okay, are you telling me that Harry Kane is not one of the five best players in the English Premier League? No, I'm not. I'm saying that in my power ranking of current form, while healthy, he's not in my list. Well, that's a stupid list. <laughs> well, look, I'm sure you'd balance it out and put him first. So, like, it's, it's fine. Yeah. You want to hear my top five players of all time? Well, sure. Harry Kane. <laughs> all five. Yeah. Pele. Maradona. Zidane, Ronaldo, uh, yeah, Ronaldo. There you go. That's it. So it's I a good know, list. It's a good list. I, I don't know if this is going to work. You're, you're saying Kane's not even top five, scaring you in the Premier League? He's not. He's not. And look, I you know I could have taken out the Trippier, Mendy, Alonso. That was my hipster portion of the the top five. I, I could have considered him for five, but I could have considered a lot of guys for five. Um, he Harry's on the fringes for me right now. Well, just he opened that game up. And that was a beautiful header. It, it was wasn't an a, easy header. He it was a great header. Space. He had to jump backwards to get it. He's in a great. Like he's a it. great set piece goal scorer. Yeah. Well. <laughs> well, you know who doesn't scare me ever? Wayne Rooney. Screw that guy. So, not not in go. not in the Premier League anymore. Well, I can't wait. Harry's gonna break all his records and take his chick. So <laughs> <laughs> have fun with that. <laughs> Well, do you want to you want to take us out, Jeff, on with on Wayne Rooney, love? No, I actually like that guy. He's doing great things for my second adopted home city, DC. Here, so, here, uh, here, here. Go him. Here, here. Good, good third week. Oh, did we uh, did we post our our cast last week? You know it. We live. All right, cool. We we're live. We're doing it live. So uh, good good times. Well, I need your Joe Rogan outro. I, I, I don't have, he just talks so he goes yeah alright bitches well I hope you enjoyed this this week of two yanks two and, uh, yanks podcast and, uh, if, okay cut that one out <laughs> it's all it's all going in it's all there's no editing no, you have to cut that one out <laughs> that was sort of, no you do give, give me your word Steve the last 50 seconds doesn't go in all right. All right, buddy. Well, have a good night, and I will see you next week for uh, for two yanks. Two words. We're gone.